0: Hello and welcome to Authors on the Air. I'm Christopher Zagorski and I am filling in for Pam Stack who invited me to come and interview this great author. Um, let me welcome everybody. This is
1: Rupert Holmes. A delight to be here, Christopher.
0: I'm so glad. Um, you're on your book tour, so you've been talking about this book a lot. So I know you're prepared to just jump right in. So <laughs> I think we should start out with just having you tell the audience, the listeners a little bit about the book.
1: Well, the book, Murder Your Employer, is volume one in a series I've begun uh, for Avid Reader Press and Simon Sh- & Schuster, um, and it is set at the McMaster's Conservatory for the Applied Arts, which is a finishing school uh, for finishing people off, and, um, and, and it's, it's sort of a poison Ivy League college. Um, and uh, and it's where students learn to do in others as you would have others do you in. It's it's a, a luxurious and uh, completely secret um, campus. Uh, even the students themselves do not know where the campus is. And the sole purpose of their education at McMaster's is to get is to become more skilled at the art of deletion. And that is the correct term. For what some people might crudely call murder, um, uh, they, uh, which seems so subjective a, a term, um, your, the purpose is to uh, do in effectively someone uh, whose presence the world would be better without. Uh, only odious people, and uh, and and they ha- and you have to meet certain requirements. You can't just kill for profit. Or for revenge, it has to be some something where you're actually maybe doing the world a great favor, and uh, and if the book focuses on three students in particular. Their education at McMaster's. Uh, they come from very different walks of life. One man, two women, and then how they pursue their quest in the real world. Um, and it's a, a, I think it's a delightful place to be. And it definitely uh, and, is. Uh, it's. <laughs> I mean, the, the uh, dining hall has a secret three-star rating from the Guy Michelin, and, <laughs> and, uh, and the book comes, um, the end pages of the novel um, has a, a gorgeously rendered a detailed map of the campus, which I had spent many years sort of inventing and populating and working out the curriculum for students of, uh, who would pursue their McMaster's thesis, that is the deletion of their single target. I
0: have to tell you, Rupert, when I was reading the book, I found myself looking at the map and tracing where we were, because I'm like, where exactly are we on the campus now? So it's a beautiful map, and it's very useful when you're
1: reading the book. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, I, I wanted to get, give you a, a world into which you could truly escape. It's, not, it's, it's both familiar, uh, if you've ever been to a gorgeous Ivy League college or to a British manor. Uh, much of the uh, ca- campus uh, was f- flown from, some, uh, from England, uh, from a British estate, and then relocated brick by brick, timbered building by timbered building to some location, and the students aren't sure where they are. Um, uh, so it's a, a lovely, luxurious place uh, to be, uh, but of course your, the purpose of your studies is something uh, darkly humorous. I find, that, uh, exactly. comedy, uh, I find that comedy. I find that comedy and thrillers go very well together. Um, uh, you build up the tension uh, and uh, suspense and danger, and then occasionally you get relief from that by something happens that's funny. It's kind of I figured out after many years that it's a little bit like a roller coaster, because you scream as you go down that first plummet, and the reason you're screaming is because your body is telling you your your life is over this is, you can't fall this, you can't fall 40 feet from the sky and and survive this. And then as you reassure yourself that this has all been planned very cleverly by people who designed the roller coaster, the screams usually turn to ecstatic laughter. Uh, Some people just scream the whole way, but usually you'll hear a lot of laughs, giddy laughs, because you realize I've just cheated death. It's a, a kind of giddy and exciting experience. And I think Murder Your Employer hopefully that gives you that kind of roller coaster ride as well.
0: That's the brilliant kind of metaphor we expect from Rupert Holmes. <laughs> uh, you mentioned the school, obviously, and it is the central point, and I'm a huge fan of academic mysteries, um, academic anything, from fantasy of Harry Potter all the way up to Carol Goodman's right. gothic suspense novels, and mm-hmm. then, of course, uh, Donna Tartt's The Secret History. Um, were you always interested in an academic setting, or did that just come about because of the plot you
1: thought of. It evolved. Um, uh, uh, I've always loved academic books. One of the first books I remember reading was Tom Brown's School Days, which was uh, the, the you know following. And also, by the way, to take you way into the past, a book called Tom Corbett's Space Cadet that I read when I was eight, about three uh, rocket... Um, Tra- uh, cadets, uh, training, uh, training to f- fly a rocket ship, and they went to the space academy. People were always going to space academies when I was a boy. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and I followed their school days with great interest too. But the way this sort of evolved, Chris, is um, that um, I, I originally noted uh, in a bookstore that there was a self-help book for absolutely every subject under the sun. There's a, there's a, a, a Talmud for dummies, a tiny houses for dummies, a tattoos for dummies, which sounds like, by the way, the worst idea anyone's ever had of self tattooing. You know? Uh, oh no, I can handle it myself. It's just a butterfly. Um, so, so I thought, well, well, because I'm a mystery writer, I thought, well, what would a self help book for murderers be? And and I thought that might be amusing, uh, and a novelty. But I thought, well, that's going to be a thirty five page book, and it'll be just a one shot thing. I said. Maybe instead of it being a self-help guide that is just a volume, maybe the book is a kind of a textbook at a conservatory, a wonderful, dreamy, a luxurious place um, where, you, where you actually go and study these arts. It will. So we have lots of curriculum that I had to invent. Um, there's the school for eroticide uh, because it's pointed out that Cupid is um, armed and dangerous. He actually has bows and arrows in his repertoire. And so the use of seduction and uh, uh, courtship and uh, rejection, these are all tools in the McMaster's quiver. Um, uh, What I love about this school of uh, eroticide at McMaster's is that they had to make it a mandatory course, because while women were perfectly willing to learn more about this subject, all the men thought they knew everything they had to know already. (laughs) Um, And so it meant inventing courses like um, um, a science course, like um, uh, time is all time is relative when you're murdering one or, you know, uh, these kinds of courses. And uh, so that's how we got into this campus. And I thought, well, that's great. The first half of the book can be um, the school days of these people who have come to commit a very meaningful, and justifiable uh, deletion, just a—it's a backspace in someone's life, and uh, <laughs> and 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 then in the second half of the book, they have to go out into the real world, where there are things like police and district attorneys and uh, capital punishment, and see if what they've learned will serve them well. And you're told from the outset that one of the three students—one man, two women that one of them will not succeed. And at McMaster's, that's a very scary thing because since it's a completely clandestine school, uh, no one must know about its existence. Um, If you fail at your McMaster's thesis, if you fail to delete your employer in this instance, um, you yourself have to be expunged from the student body and there are no makeup exams. So it's suspenseful in that will they do it Uh, Will they fail? Will they meet? Will they come up with the final uh, expulsion from the school? Um, So there's always high stakes from the outset of the story.
0: And you mentioned the deletions in this particular case are employers. So you do have three students, um, Cliff, Gemma, and Dulcie, who all, for different reasons and and, and very complex reasons, want to get rid of their um, employers. So I assume moving forward, we're going to see other things, but what made you start with employers? Because it seems like just the thing that everybody wants to do at some point in their careers.
1: Well, my thought, yeah, very well uh, uh, observed, Christopher. Um, um, my first thought, now this is a very silly thought, but my first thought when I was trying to figure what volume one would be is I figured, well, I think there are a lot of people who will buy a book, a very handsomely uh, printed book, by the way. It looks, they've done a magnificent job with the cover. Um, I think there are people who will buy a book called Murder Your Employer just so they can leave it on their desk at work, just so that the boss walking by may look down and say, what's that? Oh, it's just a work of fiction. Pay no attention. (laughs) I (laughs) I just it's a good it's a bestseller. It's I just picked it up on this. So so I thought Murder Your Employer was very also I don't know anyone who hasn't had to work for some person who just doesn't know what it's like to be on the other side. Of the, of the equation. Uh, one of the most villainous of the employers in the book, Merrill Fiedler, someone says to him, you know, you don't even care what you're the boss of. You'd be just as happy being the warden of a prison or the head of a nunnery. You just like being the boss and being able to tell people what to do when they have nothing they can do about it. You like the bossdom of it. You, you don't really care what the job is we're doing. We could probably get everything that we're doing accomplished if you didn't make our lives miserable. But you are here for that purpose alone. And, uh, and so I thought, yeah, employer seems like a good place to start. The next volume uh, is, uh, uh, is tentatively titled Murder Your Mate. And the term mate can mean many different things. But uh, again, that's a book where if you brought it home, someone else in the house might be very alarmed at at your reading material.
0: I'm looking forward to it. Um, You mentioned the structure of the book. It does start with the first half in the school and then the second half back out in the real world where they're um, applying their trade as it is. I mm-hmm. was wondering about the structure when you were writing it. Did you know that you were going to end up outside of the, the school? And did that give you some trepidation? Because now you've taught them how to do this, and now you've got to throw them out into the real world. And was one of them better for you than the other
1: to write? Well, I, I loved every single minute I was on the campus. I myself would like love to spend time there. I think we would all love to go to McMaster's uh, for a retreat, two weeks. I, I don't necessarily want to learn any craft about murder, but I would sure like to hang around and, and have dinner there. The dinner is superb. Um, uh, and the wines served are, are, are too, too, too well to die for. That wasn't meant to be. A, a it, just, it just arrived. Um, although the point is made that it is easier to disguise poison uh, with, uh, in the midst of hot cuisine, because we all know what chicken pot pie should taste like. We all know what spaghetti and meatballs would taste like, but who knows what um, uh, a fillet of loup in henbane reduction t- should taste like. You say, oh, it's so exquisite, so unusual, such a tang, and it's, of course, arsenic. So, um, uh, but you don't know that. You think it's our cuisine. Um, uh, uh, what One of the fun parts about the book was, in, in writing it, was that to some degree, I had to know what the crime was and what challenges my uh, protagonists faced in the real world in terms of committing their murder so that I would know what courses in the first half of the book they should be focusing on. So um, although I created McMaster's and the campus and that world over the course of several years, and it was like building a model city, you know, it was just a dream come true for me. I did sort of then jump towards the actual final McMaster's thesis that they each have to perform so that I could then go back and say, oh, well, they're going to have to know a little bit of something about that to be able to do that. So let me go now back to McMaster's and make sure that there is a course there and teach a couple of lessons that will come in handy. So it was almost as if the finale of the book and the um, overture of the book uh, were continually toggling back and forth and working their way towards each other. Um, so it was a, a different writing process than most, you know, uh, but but uh, but always fun. And when I was on the real world, I missed McMaster's a lot, and I thought that the readers might, so we occasionally jump back there too, uh, and the book ends there as well. Um, but um, but it was also fun to see if these uh, highfalutin ideas about how one might commit the perfect murder, how they would work in the real world with real people, and not encouraging professors you know um your entire career is studded with some
0: wordplay and puns and that kind of thing and even in this interview you've stumbled upon a few of them with the poisoned <laughs> ivy league and yeah, the, yeah. Um, things like that i'm wondering mm-hmm. do you carry a notebook around with you and write down every time something murderous comes up because i mean there's so many of them in the book i just laughed out loud every time i hit one and i'm like how do you think of these things you know this
1: is Uh, Something interesting that I've discovered about myself as a writer. Um, uh, I mean, I hope those listening will find it interesting. I feel as if I don't make any of these things up. I think it's the characters that are saying these things. And if you notice most of the, it's not like the same, each character makes a different kind of a joke. I learned this on when I wrote a TV series called Remember When, W-E-N-N. I wrote 56 episodes of uh, AMC's first TV series before they ever dreamt of doing Mad Men. There was no commercials, no laugh track, and I had all these diverse characters in a period comedy set in 19, at a 1939 radio station. And after a few episodes, I began to know these characters so well, and know what made them tick, not only what made them tick, but what made them different from each other, that I would end up feeling like a stenographer. I, I would just set them loose into some situation, and then they would come up with all the fun lines. And when I wrote Murder Your Employer, the one, there's one character, um, uh, Dory May, who's a, a, a Hollywood film star, and she has a tendency to be, uh, have. St- you feel like she got her training at the uh, Betty Davis School for... Um, for quips, and, uh, and so someone will turn to her and say, I'm sorry, I was, I, was, um, I was buried in thought. And she instinctively says, and I'm sure it was a shallow grave. And, uh, uh, and, and I thought, good one, good one, Doria, and I'll write type that up. And basically, I'm be- I believe in my characters, I follow them where they lead me, um, and when they get in situations to cope with the danger, the suspense, or the fear, they may make a, a quip, and it's usually in character. It's not a joke that I've had ca- been carrying around with me. Those Almost all the one-liners and the puns and whatever they may be, they occurred in the moment. I did not plan to write them. I didn't say, well, what would be a good joke here? They just said it, and I said, oh, I can write that down. So sometimes I feel like they should get the royalty, and I should just get a, a, a fee for being the stenographer for the book, but I've convinced my publisher to work it the other way.
0: There you go. I don't know. It's an amazing writing technique, but it it obviously is working for you. Um, I want to thank you for coming to Authors on the Air today, and I want to tell everybody out there to go find Murder Your Employer at your favorite bookstores and pick it up. You're going to love it, and then we're all going to be looking for the next one. What did you say? Murder Your Mate? I'm very
1: excited At the moment, volume two of the McMaster's Guide to Homicide is Murder Your Mate, that it might be subject to revision, but at the moment, uh, there's a lot of mates at stake.
0: That sounds very exciting. Thank you so much for joining us, Rupert Holmes.
1: A pleasure to be with you, Christopher.